Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Mara, the shocking death on B&B turned out to be Emma, which means Nia Sue has wrapped her run on the show. So we spoke to her for an upcoming issue, and, you know, she really took the news in stride and was really excited about playing a death scene. You know, she also loved how much meaty material she got in those scenes with Matthew Atkinson's Thomas before her character's demise. But it brings up a very soapy question. Can Thomas ever be redeemed after all of this? I mean, he's manipulating Hope, he's keeping the secret about Beth, and now he's, like, kind of responsible for Emma's death. And, like, relished it from the look in his oh, eye. Yeah, right? Um, you know, redemption can be a really tricky thing for a show to attempt because there is there is a difference between a writer declaring that a character has been redeemed, which can oftentimes translate on screen to, like, characters issuing forgiveness to the character in need of redemption and characters insisting that the former baddie has changed um, and the audience accepting it. That is a completely different thing. Um, I certainly think the show could undertake some sort of hero arc for Thomas after this or – you know, it could be like the good old the brain tumor made me do it defense, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think it will really be a challenge for a lot of the audience to get behind a new and improved Thomas and really truly forgive and forget like the actions that he's currently undertaking. I agree. I mean, Thomas is a legacy character. You know, there are not a ton of next generation foresters to go around with Rick out of the picture and RJ in Europe. <laughs> right. So to take Thomas and basically turn him into such a bad guy is an interesting choice. Or, you know, maybe he doesn't need to be redeemed at all. Uh, in the interview I did with Brad Bell, he was very specific to call Thomas a villain. You know, maybe that's the role he's going to play from now on. You know, certainly we've seen other characters do the same, if not worse, and stick around the canvas. Yeah, there's no question that a lot of villainous characters on soaps have proven to be narratively viable for many, many years. You know, uh, the same can be said of characters who are criminals with hearts of gold, who are sort of different than your garden variety villain, like uh, General <laughs> Hospital Sunny. Um, but I feel like that's not terribly common in the B&B universe. They've mm -hmm. never had like a Stefano DeMira or a Helena Cassidyne mm -hmm. or a James Stenbeck, someone with, you know, that kind of evil doing DNA. Um, Sheila may be the closest thing. And in recent years, maybe Quinn was, was going down that road. But she's been defanged quite a bit. And I'm just as curious as anyone to know what master plan Brad has in mind for Thomas. Because to your point, it is certainly a bold choice to make a villain out of the lone son of Ridge and Taylor. 
Yeah, I mean, we shall certainly see. You know, Brad did specifically mention that Sheila, Quinn, and Bill had been on the straight and narrow and that Thomas is filling the black hat role, so to speak. So it's possible that he is really just assuming that mantle. So working him as a romantic lead seemed like the path they were going on with this character at first, you know, in other incarnations, but he really had very little success there with Caroline, Hope, and Sally. So he also fits into the category of characters who just can't find Mm -hmm. love. You know, it's a funny concept in a way, in a genre full of super couples and hopefully sometimes romance, you know, to have characters like Thomas or, you know, Daisy's Lucas and Brady who just can't find a long-lasting relationship that works. Yeah, I feel like JJ might want to, you know, sit down and pick <laughs> Lucas and Brady's brain, get some tips on how to handle that. Um, you know, I always enjoy when we do like losers in love rundowns in the magazine uh-huh. where we recap like every failed relationship that one character has, uh, you know, under under his or her belt. No one's romantic history is kind of more soapily tragicomic, uh, in my humble opinion, than poor Michael on General Hospital. Oh, yeah. Everyone he sleeps with gets murdered or tries to murder him, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, So I'd be quaking in my boots if I was Sasha, his current paramour. You know, I I don't really know why it is that certain characters spark so quickly and so well with the partners that the writers have in mind for them, while the other, you know, with other ones, um, the relationships maybe aren't outright failures. Not every relationship is going to end up being the worst new couple in the (laughs) soap opera digest best and worst issue at the end of a given year. But, um... At the same time, they just don't capture the audience enough to justify continuing to tell that love story. Well, you know, I feel like it really is lightning in a bottle in many cases, you know, finding two actors who just click and really bring something palpable to their scenes. And I am almost loath to even mention this duo because they have some very passionate fans who don't care for naysaying. But, you know, on paper, Daisy's Ben and Sierra should not work. He is a serial killer who murdered four people, you know, now three because Will is alive. And she is the daughter of two of the most beloved characters in Day's history. But, you know, their portrayers, Robert Scott Wilson and Victoria Konefal, really have so much chemistry and make this pairing work. So despite the fact that it shouldn't, it does. And so, you know, just proof that sometimes when you find the right pairing, you know, it doesn't matter like what the history is or what the story is. These two are going to make it work. Yeah, it's funny, though. I think on every show, there are characters that we could point to as examples of writers, you know, trying them out and chemistry testing them in a variety of pairings and none of them really being the one, which is sort of the opposite problem of the super couple conundrum that we've discussed on the podcast before, which is when a pairing is so successful that it handicaps the writers and so far as the audience won't accept them. Uh, either character in that relationship with anyone else. You know, both are unique challenges, I think, when it comes to, to writing for daytime TV because you're churning out story for the same character year after year after year. And our guest today certainly has had her fair share of on-screen Genoa City <laughs> romances. It's YNR's Melissa Ordway, who plays Abby. Uh, so let's get her on the phone to see what she's been up to. Hi, Melissa. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, we are very excited to talk to you. There is a lot going on with you right now, both on screen and off. So uh, first, we're going to start with your entry into acting. Uh, So your very first acting job, as I understand it, was on an episode of Entourage. It was. Well, it was with Kelly Krueger. We played Friends, um, who also, it's it's funny how everything kind of comes full circle, because now we work together here on The Young and the Restless. So um, 
Yes, it was my very first audition, very first job. And so I don't even remember my character's name, but I played a girl that Turtle picks up at the grocery store and we go back to the guy's house to have a party. And um, I think my character ended up with drama and um, <laughs> ended up ending in uh, ending up in the hot tub as all episodes of Entourage do with a bunch of girls in a hot tub. But um, it was really fun. It actually got me my SAG card, so I was like super excited to do it. I um, I was a model before I started acting, and um, I started doing commercials. And kind of uh, you know, it's hard to do anything in the acting world without having a SAG card. It's almost impossible. So I was very lucky to um, have gotten a manager, and then the first thing she kind of set me on. Um, it all ended up working out. So the rest is history, but it's cool. Cause I've known Kelly for so long now because she, she like really helped me like figure out the whole acting thing on our first job together. Oh, that's so sweet. She's a cool girl. She's amazing. She's one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Um, now another big show that you did, I, uh, have to talk about a, I'm a huge Hollywood Heights fan. Uh, so, oh, thanks. <laughs> so I was super excited when you joined YNR. Um, but tell us about your experience on that show and playing Chloe. It's so funny because my husband actually auditioned to um, for the show Hollywood Heights. And when I saw his sides, his scenes were with a girl named Chloe. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to call my manager. I need to audition for this. Like, I feel like I would do like, I feel like I am this character. I feel like I could play her really well. Um, I'm not the character, but I felt like I could do the character justice because the character was actually pretty evil. I hope I'm not like her at all in real life. But um, <laughs> you did a good uh, so job. I, I like told my oh, thank you. I told my manager about it. And um, so I ended up auditioning and um, and getting the part. But it was so much fun to work on. It was so different than anything I'd ever done before because um, we shot 80 episodes in, I think, three months, which is pretty insane. Um, it, It moves. It actually prepared me for Young and the Restless for sure, because we only really got one take. Um, we worked the longest hours. It was really, really insane because it was essentially like a group of actors who had never really done a soap opera before. Maybe a couple people had, but I don't think any of us really, any of the actors had really, um, had any experience in the genre. And so we were all kind of figuring it out together, but it was like, it was basically like an acting boot camp because we had, as soon as you got to work, you kind of started working and filming and there was a lot of dialogue there. I mean, it's crazy because I think some days I counted, I had like 60 pages of dialogue um, for one day and just like, it was, it was insane. It was crazy. Um, but so much fun met Hunter King there, who is now like a little sister to me. She's family. Um, and so many, uh, Robert Adamson, I mean, just so many wonderful, wonderful people and Jill and Josh who ended up bringing me over here to Young and the Restless. So all around, it was an amazing experience. And, um, I got to work with, I mean, I feel like I really grew as an actor on that show. And I also just met a lot of wonderful people. Well, it certainly had an untimely end. I was ready for more. So, um, I know, right? Well, you know, it always was only supposed to be 80 episodes because it was based off of a telenovela. Um, and I forgot the name of it. was the telenovela that Ricky Martin had been on um, like before he became a big pop star. Um, so I guess it always was supposed to only be 80. But we were kind of hoping that there would be more than that just because we had so much fun doing it. And a fun fact, Chloe Carter was actually supposed to die oh. in the middle of the season. I was only supposed to do 40. 
Wow. And um, they, they, we know, do you remember the episode where Chloe falls off the balcony? Uh, of course I do. <laughs> I was, I was supposed to die and I was reading, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. Like, this is so awful. Um, but they ended up, Chloe, Chloe survived the fall and I, um, I stayed on for the rest of the, of the season, but, um, thanks to Josh and Jill <laughs> for not killing my character off. But um, she was just so wonderfully evil. I feel like you had, she had to be a part of the show because she was so bad. She was so bad that you wanted to see what she was going to do next. You need that pot stirrer. I mean, come on. <laughs> so uh, you moved very quickly over to Young and the Restless after that show wrapped. What do you remember about being cast? Um, so I got the call from my manager and um, she was like, the Young and the Restless wants to bring you on. Um, the They want you to play the role of Abby Newman. And I was like, oh, really? That's amazing. Yes, I, I would 100% want to do it. I've always wanted to do a soap opera. So I was like, yes, sign me up. And it's funny because my mom is a huge Young and the Restless fan. I grew up watching the show. Like, she watched, has always watched the show. And when I called her and told her, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to be going in. I'm, I'm going to meet with Jill and and Josh about playing um, the role of Abby Newman. And my mom's like, oh, no. She's like, no, that, that's not you. There's already someone that plays that. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, okay. I was like, well, I, that's just, that's the only information I know. But um, I guess I'll, I'll tell you more about after I have my meeting. She's like, yeah, it's, you have the wrong character. She's like, nope, there's already someone that plays that. So I think you just have the name wrong. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I met with Jill and Josh and, and I left. I called my mom and was like, no, it actually, it is Abby Newman. And she was like, oh my gosh. She was like, I'm so sorry. She was like, I, you know, there was just already someone playing it. And so um, <laughs> I was really, really excited. I'm a huge M. Ryland fan and she was nothing but extraordinary in helping me um, with the transition of, of playing Abby. And she was very loving and she sent lots of sweet tweets for, she was like, everyone be nice to Melissa. Um, she's like, she's not stealing my part. I'm going somewhere else. So she was very, very kind about the whole thing. And um, it was just such a dream come true. Cause like I said, I grew up watching the show. So to actually be a part of a show that you grew up watching. Like, I feel like Victor Newman has just always been a part of my family. I mean, I can remember my mom folding laundry and, and sitting there every day. Like I would be playing with my Barbies and one would be Victor and one would be Nikki. And so it's Aww. funny to just actually be here and, and be a part of all of it. I, my first scene was with Eric Braden. And I think and then my second one was with Amelia and, um, and, you know, Billy. And it was like the whole Newman family. And I just remember sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, like I've watched these people for so long and now I'm a part of it. I was like shaking. I had no I was so excited and so nervous and everyone was so nice to me. Um, but it's definitely been such a dream come true for sure. Um, was there anybody who you really fangirled over or was it sort of equal opportunity across the board? <laughs> Uh, you know, it was a lot of equal opportunity, but definitely Eric Braden. I mean, I, like he walked out and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my God. Oh, and Josh Morrow. I do have to say Josh Morrow because like, I, you know, he was a heartthrob. He's always <laughs> been the heartthrob of Young and the Restless. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he's my brother and that's my dad. And oh my gosh, like what's happening here. So I definitely fangirled over the two of them for sure. Oh, and you know, I can't, and Eileen Davidson too, but I will say that Eileen wasn't 
a part of, like a full time member of the show when I first came on. Um, she had kind of been on hiatus for a little bit, so I didn't work with her immediately. I remember I was like counting the days. I was like, I wonder when I'm going to meet Eileen Davidson because I also grew up watching Days of Our Lives, and so I was like, Kristen Demera, oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, I, she's my mom. Like this is just insane. So um, yeah, I, I, her too. I mean, it's just everyone. But you know, I was such a big fan of everyone here. Did you have like favorite characters or favorite couples from your your days viewing? Um, definitely, um, Sharon and Nick, and, um, I would have to say Victor and Nikki because they belong together. They can't ever be with anyone else. It's just not right. In my opinion. We agree. Um, they're like, uh, <laughs> it's like a, like soap dynasty that they've created. I mean, they, they have to be together. It's not right if they, if they're not. And I feel like Sharon and Nick are kind of right underneath that. Like they're the next generation of, of, of. Nikki and Victor, like they belong together. No matter what happens, no matter how many babies he's, she steals of his, or like whoever <laughs> they're gonna go and get married to for a few years, like they always need to come back to each other because I feel like they belong together. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I mean, but they're they're like the ultimate soap couples to me. Oh yeah, you are not alone there. Yeah, totally. You're you're, yeah. Speaking, you're, you're speaking like a true soap fan, which we appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, as being part of both the Newman, you know, and the Abbott family, like your character really has this amazing cross section of actors that you get to work with on this show, because um, you know you get to be a part of both families. Um, so let's talk yeah. about a few of them. So you've mentioned Eileen and Eric, um, and Joshua. So talk about Amelia Heinley and your dynamic with her. I mean, who can say anything negative about Amelia? She is like a ray of light and love and just the best energy ever. She is the sweetest person. I love working with her because our characters are oftentimes like at each other's throats. So um, it's funny because we'll like say rude things to each other. And in rehearsal, we literally cannot keep a straight face because we, I, I love her so much and I hate having to be mean to her, but I love it at the same time because it's just so, it's such a drastic difference between um, like real life and on screen. Um, she has the cutest kids. Like she's a great mom. I could just go on for days and days about Amelia because she's, she's fantastic. And she's so talented too. Like, she can just make you cry. I feel like you just look at her sometimes, and she just looks, like, so heartbroken when she's in these scenes and, like, bad things are happening to her. I just want to go give her a hug. But oh. she she's, like, one of the kindest souls you will ever meet. Well, over on the Abbott side, you've got Peter Bergman as Jack for an uncle and Beth Baitland as Tracy for an aunt. This is not too shabby. I want to hear about uh, working with them. Not too shabby. Um, Peter is, I feel like, has become a real-life uncle to me. Um, people are like, oh, is, is like, what's Peter like? And I'm like, well, he's he's pretty much like a family member to me. He's like my real-life uncle. If I ever have any, like, advice that I need, I'm always like, Peter, can I talk to you for a minute? Like, Peter, like, he he's, has the biggest heart. Um, you know, it, it's funny because I feel like I'm repeating myself about a lot of these people on the show, but it really is true. It's such an amazing group of people. Um, and Peter's wife, Mary Ellen, is so fantastic and just such a loving, talented, down-to-earth guy. When you meet him, you feel like you've known him forever. Um, and I can say the exact same thing about Beth, who 
I mean, talk about someone who is a ray of sunshine that when she, not only when she comes into a room like here at Young and the Restless, like in real life, does she light up the whole room? But when she walks into a scene on screen, like I feel like the whole screen just like smile, like everything just gets better. Like she, she puts a smile on my face as soon as I, I see her both on and off screen. She is the sweetest, sweetest woman, and um, I, I love her dearly. Like, she honestly is – I'm obsessed with Beth because she, like <laughs> – and she gives the best hugs ever. Uh-huh. Like, I'll, like, see her. I'm like, okay, let's just hug for, like, a good five minutes because <laughs> I, I need your hug. Like, she's just so great. Um, and now you also work with Jason Thompson. Uh, tell us about him. Jason's the coolest guy that I know. If I could one day be as cool as Jason Thompson and his wife, Paloma, I think I would just like, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. Um, (laughs) Such a talented, devoted actor who like brings the coolest. I, I just feel like he brings like choices to the role that you wouldn't always expect when you're reading the scene. So I'm in all of his talent, but he literally like the one word that comes to mind with Jason is just cool. Like his kids are cool. His wife is really cool. Like they are always traveling to fantastic places. I love following them on Instagram because I'm like, where are you now with your beautiful children um, and, (laughs) and your beautiful wife and self? Like they are just, just cool. Like, just so laid back, easygoing, and, like, just awesome people. Um, wait, I have to go back. I want to know if Eileen Davidson lived up to expectations after you were doing your countdown. She definitely did. Um, I she, de- she I think I was, like, freaked her out maybe in the beginning because I was like, oh, my God. Hi, you're Eileen. I love you. I watched you every single day. I'm, I play your daughter now. Sorry, you're stuck with me. Um, she exceeded my expectations. A drop dead gorgeous, like smoking hot, um, and such a lovely person. Like she's, and, and another person that like you read something on the paper and you don't really like it. It doesn't. You're like, oh, whatever. And then they act it out, and you're like, oh my gosh, like she's a powerhouse. Like just such. Like I look up to her so much, and she's such a strong, amazing woman. And um, I'm I'm a huge Eileen Davidson fan. If I thought I was like a mega fan before I met her, well now I'm like off the charts because she's incredible. Um, well, what can you tell us about Mark Grossman, who maybe all of us don't really know that much about? Um, he's super sweet. Um, unfortunately, I haven't gotten to work with Mark as much as I would like. Um, I get to see him around set a lot. I feel like Abby and Adam don't um, have a lot going on together right now because. He's in the middle of a lot of other drama. Um, so he, talk about someone that has, like, huge fil- shoes to step into. Like, I, I, I know what that feels like, stepping into a role that's been played by someone else before. Um, and he's been – I mean, Adam is such a, a integral character in a lot of things that happen in Genoa City. So he definitely had big shoes to fill, and he has filled them, and um, he is so talented. Um, I actually got to meet him during his audition – and I was like, I hope that guy gets it because he, like, has a really cool um, energy about him that I feel like it brings something different. Like, he's not recreating the role. Like, he's not he's not imitating someone else being Adam. Like, he's made it his own. And I feel like he's done such a great job. Um, and he's such a – just a nice guy. You know, I wish – I definitely want to get to know him better. But he's everything that I've seen so far, he's just been so nice. 
Um, now, Mara and I were just talking about Abby and not her not having such great luck in the romance department. Um, so, first of all, why I do know. you think that is? And who do you think her best match to date has been? Um, you know, I feel like Abby... <laughs> You know, sometimes Abby says things and I'm like, why? Like, why does she think this guy would be into her after after she treats him like that? You know, I feel like Abby is a strong woman, but she and she's been burned before. So I feel like she definitely has her guard up. And then she has she just makes bad choices sometimes with some of the guys that she picks. Like if a guy's into your mom, you probably shouldn't date him yourself. Like if a guy's into your sister, like maybe you should maybe stay away from that guy. Wait, wait I got to jot so, this um, down. This is good. This is, this is good life advice for me too. <laughs> I'm like, if a guy likes your mom or your sister, like just walk the other way. Just be like, cool. You're a great guy. Like, let's be friends. Like, let's probably not get married. Um, but <laughs> so I feel like that's like number one problem of Abby. She's related to everyone in town. So her options are very limited. Um, she like, she can't like really go out with a lot of people that she might be interested in. Um, so that's also an issue. I think her best, guy to date, I would have to say, you know, I've been trying to make this happen for six years. I tell this to everyone. Why are Devon and Abby not together? Like, I feel like I know that everyone loves like Devon and Elena. They're great together. Devon and Hillary were wonderful together, but, but like maybe they could just have like a summer romance, like Devon and Abby together. I just feel like they both have a ton of money. They don't need each other for anything. They're not going to be using each other for, money or anything like, or, or position in the town or anything like that. Like they both have their own thing going on. So I think that they would be a power couple that hasn't happened yet. So guys that <laughs> Abby's actually been out with, um, <laughs> I really, really, really loved Abby and Arturo together until he slept with Mia. Um, I thought that Jason Canella was really, really, uh, he's just a great friend of mine now. So I loved working with him. I mean, I love, I've had so, I've gotten the honor of working with so many great guys. I mean, go all the way back to, um, Ignacio who played Alex. Like I thought they were really cool together. I love the dynamic of Abby with someone that doesn't really have as much as she does and doesn't have the privilege. Like, I think it really puts Abby in her place in a good way. Um, but yeah, he has, he but Arturo did the whole thing with Mia, so that's like, no. And I'm really excited to see what happens with Abby and Nate because Sean Dominic is a really, really good actor, super good-looking, um, and I, I am excited to see where this goes, if it goes anywhere. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see him. I'm, I don't know. I'm in the dark just as much as everyone else is. So, um, But I think they look cute together, so we'll see. Yeah, totally. I'm sitting here thinking, would they be – would Abby and Devon be – Ab- Avon? I Ava? think they would be Dabby. Dabby? I was thinking which one <laughs> that would, would be really be? good. <laughs> Our mind both floated to that stuff, so. I know. Occupational they have, hazard. Like, we had a date a few years ago, like, after we both went through a heartbreak, and I guess, like, we weren't in the, we weren't in the place to date each other because I feel like we were both so heartbroken, but I feel like they should revisit that sometime because I think it would be interesting, and I love Brighton James so much that if I could work with Brighton all the time, I'd be a very happy girl. That'd be fun. I'm down for that pairing. Yeah, we're ready to yeah, carry the mantle you. for Dabby, <laughs> as it turns out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, well, a new love in Abby's life is actually not a person, but a place, society. Um, mm-hmm. We, yes. uh, you know, do you like that uh, professional transition that she's making? And tell us about that fabulous new set. 
I do love it. Um, I think it's cool to see Abby being successful at something and to be a strong like businesswoman because I think what some, sometimes people forget that she is Victor Newman's daughter, Ashley Abbott's daughter, like two powerhouse business people who are like smart and and they they've always like done really well in business. So I feel like it's like it only makes sense for Abby to be successful at something. Um, so I'm excited for the society set. It's a gorgeous set. So I love working on it cause it's just so beautiful. It's one of my favorite, um, sets, um, on, on like on stage. And it actually, I was at Tom Tom last night and I was like, Oh, I was like this place, I think society was modeled after Tom Tom. Um, cause there's a lot of similarities. If you're in LA and you want to stop by Tom Tom, this isn't an ad. Um, <laughs> it's not a plug, but I think society was modeled after Tom Tom. So it's a, it's a beautiful set. Um, and it's, um, I, I'm, I was actually just excited to get a set because I feel like it's always such an honor to get a house or to get like something that's like your character's very own thing. So that was exciting for me too. Cause I, I think since I've played the role, I've lived at the Abbott mansion or I've lived in Nick's house or I've lived kind of all over the place. So it's my first like actual set that's, that's Abby's. So it was pretty cool. What do you think Abby's place would look like? Would she live in an apartment? Would she have a house? <laughs> like what would be going on there? What's her vibe? I think Abby would have, like, a really nice condo because she wouldn't want to have to do any yard work or anything like that. Um, and she yeah, would just have a really big sure. closet. Yeah, like a really nice, like, like loft or something that has, like, like very modern, and it would have a lot of pink stuff in it. Very Lisa Vanderpump. Like pink, like, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that's who, that's who Abby wants to be, I feel like. Her inspiration is Lisa Vanderpump. <laughs> she just needs a little dog. She needs a Definitely. little dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to put my little dog up for the role. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hired. <laughs> well, Mara and I were going to ask you, we saw yes. the photo of you at uh, Sir looking for Sheena on Instagram. Um, and we want to know if you're a Vanderpump Rules fan or a Bravo fan or just, you know, Huge Sheena. Bravo fan. If there's like a show on Bravo, I'm probably watching it. And I've watched every episode about three times. <laughs> big, big, big Vanderpump Rules fan. Um, every housewife, I watch every single like New York, Atlanta, um, OC, Beverly Hills, big fan of all of those, New Jersey. Um, and I'm such a fan that my husband knows all of the characters um, like on, on all of the shows, he knows all the storylines. Like last night he was like, where's Jax? He's like, remember the time that Jax did this? And I was like, yeah, you're such a good husband that you actually know that. Cause you watch it with me. And I will say that there are so many people on the show that love Vanderpump rules that we are like always like on, it comes on on Monday night right now. Like it's, it's not on right now, but, um, I'm like Tuesday. I'm like, Hey, did you see Cameron? Like Cameron Grimes is a big fan. Matt Kane, huge fan. I don't know if he'd be okay with me saying that, but, um, too late. Yeah, I'm always, <laughs> you said it. I'm all, I know it's too late. Um, I'm always like, Hey, did you see what happened? Like what, what's going on with this? And interesting fact, I was actually in an acting class with Sheena. And so, and she's a young and the restless fan. So I was like, she's always like, hey, like last night I was like, Sheena, are you at Sir? I'm coming. And she was like, oh, no, I'm not at Sir tonight. I was like, oh, darn it. <laughs> but um, I would love to be on that show. Like even if it's like just a guest spot, like just one time I'm in the background and there's like a fight going on 
and you just cut to my face being like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's, <laughs> that would be a dream come true. <laughs> Wait, yeah, when we were going to ask you, what's your dream their wedding, I'm available. <laughs> 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 that's amazing but it's so fun it's like sometimes you're like you have a rough day you know and you go home and you're like you watch things like that and you're like it's really you know my life is pretty awesome because like with all the drama happening on that show like I just feel very thankful sometimes that I have a drama free for the most part life so um but I love watching other people's drama they're all a mess and it's awesome <laughs> to watch and I'm I'm intrigued every single week i don't miss an episode and like right now i'm like what's tonight i think beverly hills is tonight um yeah yes it's tuesday it's beverly hills (laughs) (laughs) so wait when eileen was on beverly beverly hills did did you did your mind implode like what how did you handle did you were you getting the tea what was happening it's insane. Like, I felt like a little bit. I think I was on an episode when she was in the you hair and makeup chair. And Hardcore. I think I, like, yeah, I was like, hey. I, like, that's my claim to fame. Like, I have it on repeat <laughs> in my house when you walk in. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I was, my mind was blown because, like, not only am I working with Eileen Davidson, but now you are on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, what in the world? And I would have to kind of try to control myself when I was working with her because I have so many questions. Like, if I, I could probably, like, fill her whole day with questions about, like, what was this about? Like, what happened with this? Is Kyle cool? Like, I love Kyle. Like, what's Lisa like? You know, you have, like, so many what's questions. Like? I didn't want to freak her out. So I'd have to, like, really, like, I would have to, like, just filter myself and be like, okay, like, let's maybe ask one question a day. Like, I feel like one question a day is appropriate. <laughs> Very admirable restraint If I can there. just ask one, like, it'll be fine, like, and she won't get that freaked out. Um, but she, you know, Eileen's such a, like, cool, like, like she was, like, the most normal person on that show. Like, she kind of stayed out of all the drama for the most part. And even, like, when you would ask her about it, she's like, oh, they're great. Like, she didn't really have anything negative to say about anyone, like, because that's just who she is. She's just such a, a easygoing person that she, like, really, like, I feel like she knew, she probably knew some drama, but maybe couldn't give it away. But, I mean, I, I was, I my mind was blown. I was like, you are going to be on the show, and then the camera crew is coming here to film? Oh, my gosh. Like, what day is it, are they going to be here? Because even if I'm not working, I'm going to drive in. And then they called security. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you are talking to obviously two Bravo fans. I will tell you, I went to um, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen show on Saturday night. <gasps> it was it was amazing. Oh. But they do address oh, the husbands so in the room, and they thank the husbands. Like they're like, we know your wives dragged you here, and you don't want to be here. But you probably know more about housewives than you want to know. I mean, he Justin knows everything. Like he knows every character. He like. He's just so sweet about it because he's like, he's like, you know, I know it's it's important to you. So he's like, I'm going to watch it with you just so we have something to talk about. But <laughs> most of the time he's like, I can't even. He's like, this is just like, what are these people doing? Like, I'm like, I know. Isn't it great? Isn't it great that they just threw someone a drink in someone's face? And it actually, like, it's inspiration for me sometimes. You know, when you have scenes where you're like, oh, Abby throws a drink in Victoria's face or whatever. I'm like, do people really do that? Like, I've never seen that actually happen. And then I'm like, oh, wait, season five of Kim, Lisa, or okay, like, Brandy and Eileen. Yeah. I feel like we've yeah. seen it a couple of times. <laughs> I'm like, it really does happen. So I'm like, okay, like, I, I'm going to go with it because people really do this stuff and it's on camera. There's <laughs> proof of it. It's crazy. 
Um, well, you and Justin will celebrate seven years of marriage this September. Uh, tell us how oh my you gosh, two met. Crazy. Um, we met at an audition. Um, we met. Um, we were auditioning to play um, boyfriend and girlfriend on an independent film called Escapee. Um, I had previously worked with um, an ex of his, and I had like kind of heard they had already broken up, but I kind of like heard um, his name before. And so I looked at the. He looked very different though, because when he when I had seen a picture of him like years before that he had like long really long hair funny story though my mom actually he was on american idol one time and my mom was like um you um she's like you have to watch american idol tonight there's the most gorgeous guy performing on american idol and i tuned in and it was him but he had really long hair and i was just like i just didn't know that was my mom's type like it was really <laughs> strange so it kind of, i was like oh okay like he kind of had like a different style than he does now and i was like oh that's weird that my mom said that but whatever cut to like a couple years or maybe like a year after that and i saw his i was like i think that's justin gaston and i like looked at the sign and she and i was like it is justin gaston and for some reason i was feeling very calm confident that day in that audition room. And I was like, hi, are you Justin Gaston? This is really awkward, but I did a movie with your ex-girlfriend. And, um, I was like, that might, that might be really awkward, but like, I've heard about you before. And he's like, oh, it's not awkward. (laughs) He was like, no, it's not awkward at all. He was like, hi. And then we, um, ended up, we both got the part. We chemistry read together. I fell in love with him, like literally in the chemistry read. I called my mom. I was like, I'm in love. I'm, I like met this guy. And she's like, whoa, hold on. Like, that's crazy. And then we did the movie together and I fell even more in love with him. He was like just the most beautiful person I'd ever seen both inside and out. And just like a lot of people don't know this about Justin, but he is the funniest person I've ever met. Like he has the best sense of humor. I keep telling him that he, it's like the driest sense of humor, but I was like, you have got to go on Saturday night live. Like he does impersonations like nobody else. Like he is a super talented guy and he's really good to look at. So, um, it, there's, it's makes sense that I fell in love with him. I'm sure everyone probably has fallen in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone I, that meets him is probably like, Oh my gosh. Cause he's just so awesome. Yeah. It's hard to yeah, find we, a bad photo of you too. I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, well his like, we've looked his, long like, and hard. With the, uh, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I can send you some. No, I'm just kidding. He looks good all the time, but he like, we had to like, our characters died together in the movie and we like got hung, like we hung by a tree. Like they like tied us up together and then they hung us from a tree in the middle of Louisiana, like a, the woods in Louisiana in the middle of summer it was so hot. And, um, we were in that tree together for a while. And I was like, yeah, we, I, I mean, it was the rest is history. We kind of like fell in love there, I guess, cause we couldn't stop laughing and we just had such a good time together. Um, he's just, I, I, I could go on and on about Justin Gaston because he's just an awesome person. Very, very sweet. Now, the yeah. two of you um, started a family a couple of years ago and your older daughter, Olivia, is adopted. What was that yes. process like for you? Um, you know, we had a very comparatively, like, I guess everyone's adoption story can be very different. Um, we had a very easy adoption story. Like it's kind of like everything that could have gone right, like went right. Like it was super smooth. We had been trying to have kids for a little bit and adoption was kind of always in the back of my head. And, um, when we weren't getting pregnant, I was like, I think that like, this is a sign. Like, I kind of feel like we need to adopt. Like, I kind of feel like this is something that we need to do. And, um, he was like, okay. He was like, yeah, he was totally on board with it. And as soon as we decided to adopt, 
literally every door open. Like it was just so meant to be. Olivia was so meant to be ours. I say to everyone, I'm like, God just grew her in someone else's stomach because she was just totally meant to be ours. Um, Our whole adoption process was, I think, three months total, like from the time we started until the time Olivia was born. Wow. So it was super fast. It was like way faster than a pregnancy. Um, (laughs) And like, it's just very smooth. Like everything that kind of, there's, there's a lot of, there can be some horror stories going through it. Like, cause I have friends that actually the co-hosts of our um, podcast, they had a very different adoption story in with the same attorney, everything. Um, but their story was very different. They had several adoptions that had kind of fallen through. And even with their son, their adoption had, um, she had changed her mind. The birth mother had changed their mind before she um, placed him. And then she thought about it some more and he ended up with them ultimately. But we just had like the perfect storm of like everything that, that could go right, like went right. Like she was just so meant to be ours. And um, she's like the greatest thing. I mean, other than Sophie, but Olivia is really the greatest the both of them are the greatest things that's ever happened to me. Um, so yeah. Well, then you did become pregnant with Sophie, you know, did that come as a surprise? And we did surprise. <laughs> <laughs> surprise. You know, everyone said when you adopt, you're going to get pregnant. I was like, Oh yeah, whatever. And actually the night before, um, I was at someone's baby shower. Oh, Andrea's baby shower here at work. Our, our, um, wardrobe, one of the, our costume people here, she was, had a baby shower and I was at her baby shower the night before I found out I was pregnant. And, um, everyone's like, are you going to have any more? I was like, you know what? I'm really good with one. (laughs) I was like, one is awesome. Like, we're so happy. Like Olivia is such a joy. Like we're so, we're, we're so good. And then, um, the next morning I was like, I kind of thought about it all night. I was like, could I be pregnant? I was like, I don't think I'm pregnant, but maybe I am. I don't know. I had like some leftover pregnancy tests and I took one and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Wow. So, um, it was, (laughs) a surprise, the best surprise ever. Um, she is the most mischievous little thing I've ever met in my life. The cutest (laughs) thing I want to eat her. Um, (laughs) but, uh, she was a surprise. So yeah, we, we didn't, we wasn't expecting, uh, we weren't expecting to have two, but we're so excited now that we have, have two. So, um, Olivia is the best big sister. She takes care of Sophie. It's so funny. We, she like always makes sure that Sophie's like, is safe and like not running towards the street or something. She's like, Sophie, stop. Like she's a very, very, Olivia is a very good big sister. And Sophie is very sweet and very funny, but very wild. <laughs> they have very different personalities. <laughs> I, I am a I like little to bit say of that Olivia is more like me. Like Olivia is like, like my little mini me and Sophie is a mini Justin. And um, it's funny because Olivia looks more like me and Sophie looks like Justin. So I feel like it's it's just, it's insane. It's such a funny thing, just like in the, you know, age of social media, I am definitely following those children and they are precious. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we could feel like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's a chore not to include one of your photos, <laughs> like when we're selecting like what Instagram photos of the week, like it's always oh, in yeah. there. You're always, always in the running. <laughs> yeah. that is for sure. It's like the hardest cut <laughs> if we cut it because they're so cute. I feel like they get like so tired of my, like, I'm always like, hey, you guys pose. I'm like. Because Olivia used to always, like, love taking pictures, and then she kind of went through a phase where she's like, mm, I'm good. I don't really want to take a picture now. And now she's back into, like, being okay with it. But um, I, like, I just take pictures of them all day long because I, I love them so much that I just want to eat them. And they're, I just think they're the cutest things in the world. You're not and wrong. So I'm, like, they are. <laughs> I just have to post a picture of you. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> like, I just have to post it because you guys are too cute, especially when they do cute sister things. It's just, like, it's 
kills me. It's so cute. I know. You got them in double tutus now? I mean, please. Like, <laughs> the photos need to be taken. They're both in dance. And I yeah. was thinking, I was driving to work this morning. I was like, I think that Olivia is probably going to move up to the next dance class. And I was like, I just don't know if I can do that because they're so cute together. <laughs> like, I, like, I love them together in tutus. Like, it's not as cute separate. <laughs> I mean, it's still cute, but like. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to explain to Olivia she's going to be held back in dance class because mom needs the two shot. <laughs> because of your little sister and you guys look too cute together. So, like, I'm so sorry. I know that you have grown out of this class, but. <laughs> Hang in there, kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, tell us about the podcast that you're hosting. So uh, my friend Christine, who it was kind of her her um, idea to do a podcast, because we are so open that our children are adopted, um, we kind of get a lot of questions about like, oh, what was that process like? Um, you know, how how do you even get started? And when Justin and I started um, the adoption process, we had no idea where to start. Thank God for Greg Ricard um, because he had some friends that had just adopted, and he um, he kind of gave me all of the information that I needed to know through his friends. And so um, we were like, what if we had a podcast that it doesn't? It's not just about adoption, but our family's story started with adoption, so it does include adoption. Um, as one of the topics that we kind of talk about a lot, but if we do a podcast that kind of like talks about family and just how different families are created and um, that also like talks about our stories and kind of answers everyone's questions in one podcast, because I get so many questions about like, oh, like, like how long did it take you? And just different, just different things like that. And if we can be a resource to people um, that are kind of going through the adoption process, how amazing would that be? And I would have to say our podcast isn't really I think the first episode we we did all of the talking because we were kind of just introducing ourselves and who we are as as co-hosts of the podcast. But really, like what we want to do is have other people come on. So we have different um, adoption professionals that have been on. Um, we have really interesting guests that. Um, so for Regina Louise was a guest of ours that I think we're going to put out her podcast this week. I'm pretty sure. Or did we? No, we put it out last week. Sorry. Um, Mom brain. Um, So different people that have interesting stories about family and just their lives. And um, I think our main goal is we're all learning, like, how to do this parenting thing together. Like, I make mistakes all the time. Like, Justin makes mistakes. Like, I feel like we just want to learn from everyone's stories and just kind of be a forum to kind of talk about things that are going on in our lives and other people's lives. And um, so right now it kind of has been adoption-based, but it isn't always going to be like that. We have some cool guests coming on um, later this month that have nothing to do with adoption. So it's it's kind of just about family and, and um, like one tribe, like all being in this together and just a learning place, a place for people to learn. Because, you know, I could sit there and talk for a while about stuff that I have no idea about. Like, it's just my opinion about things, but I feel like it's more interesting to have like other people's stories and other people share like kind of things that they, they're going through or things that they've learned. And, um, we've had like some guests on that are adopted and I've learned a lot from them and their stories about like just things that, that they wish that their parents had done differently or things that they they really appreciated about about their parents and how they made adoption normal. And so I feel like it's just, we're just, it's kind of a learning forum is like how I, I like to explain it because, yeah, we don't, we don't know what we're doing. We're just figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's called One Tribe Podcast. And One how, Tribe. And yes. how often do you do them? 
So we've been trying to do release them two a month. So every other week, our um, so Anthony and Christine co-host it with us. They just had a baby, um, and so she um, she'll talk about it. I'm sure on the podcast, but just kind of had a very um, a, not an easy uh, childbirth. So we've kind of taken a bit of a break, but we're going to record our next episode um, tomorrow, actually, because she's she's feeling better. So um, we have kind of had a little hiatus, but we have some in the can that we we're kind of like we're trying to spread them out. So we have some recorded to kind of fill in the time. But um, as you guys know, podcasts are like I, I didn't really realize like how much work kind of went into them because. You have, like, just working with everyone's schedules and, like, uh, editing them, which I have no idea how to do that. Justin does uh, all of the neither, editing. Neither do we. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it was, like, something that was, like, oh, it's just going to be easy. We're, gonna, we're just going to talk for, like, an hour and we're going to put it out there and we're going to have cool people on that, that are interesting and have interesting stories. And so um, it's definitely a little bit more challenging than I thought that it was, and especially with, like, balancing work and kids and all of that stuff. So um, it's going to, I feel like we're going to speak more consistent about putting it out every two weeks um, coming. Like, I think we have one next week that'll come out and then it'll it'll be on a more consistent basis. But hopefully we're going to try to one day do one a week, but um, we're trying to figure out um, with scheduling and stuff how to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, are you still doing your fashion line? I am, but you know, I feel like Justin and I were talking about this the other day. He's like, we really like, we've really fallen off the wagon this summer. I was like, I know, right? Like, it's still, it's still happening. We have some new shirts that are going to come out in the next few weeks. They're at the printer now. Um, I'm excited about this line of shirts because we don't, we have like a few shirts left from what we had before, but we ha- we don't really have that many left. Um, it was just kind of a fun idea that we had, and it's. I love, I love doing it. Um, I feel like I kind of had some design block for a little while and I'm like, what should we do the next shirt? Like, um, so it kind of took us a minute to figure out what we wanted to do next, but we have leggings coming out next. Um, some like workout leggings. Cause I live in workout leggings all the time. Like when I'm not at work and getting to wear like fabulous wardrobe that, that I would probably never wear in real life unless I was going out to a fabulous place. But um, I, like I live in leggings or and Tom t-shirts. Tom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so if I if I'm not at Sir Tom Tom, you can find me at home um, in leggings, taking my kids to dance class and holding one back because of cuteness. But um, <laughs> but um, so we're doing leggings and a t-shirt next. That um, it, it, we're excited. I'm excited about these because they're really soft, and I think the design's really cute, and it can be like something that you can't really even see the design because um, it's very small. So I'm excited about those. So we're going to still do it, but we've been really bad this summer um, with just stuff. Like I feel like just we've just gotten – it's just crazy. Like I don't know what we've been doing. We haven't been doing anything like really awesome, but I guess just being parents, which that's – I feel like Mara and I can tell you what you've been doing. Yeah, exactly. And keeping up with Bravo is very time-consuming, Melissa. There's been some ice cream eating. The amount of episodes that I have on my DVR and The Bachelorette is on right now. So, I mean, I really blame it all on The Bachelorette right now because Monday night's a big house, a big night in the Gaston household because we got Teen Mom, The Bachelorette, and um, now the hills, the beginning, which is on my DVR. I didn't get to watch any of it last night. I, w- I but watched we ha- it this There's morning. a lot of reality TV on on Monday night. Did you really? Is I it did. good? Yeah, yeah. Like they pick up right where they left <laughs> off. It's like, <laughs> oh, good. 
I'm interested to see where like Misha Barton fits into all of this. Yeah, she comes via. <laughs> she comes via. Um, I think it was Stephanie Pratt. Um, <laughs> so, oh, okay. So they get her right in okay. there. Did you watch Selling Sunset oh, cool. with um Chriselle Hartley? I did. I've watched a couple episodes. Because that's and, very you know, healthy. Parts that I've watched, I'm like very upset. Like I, I was like, why are you being so mean to Chriselle? She's like one of the sweetest girls in the world. And these girls are just being so not very nice to her. They're being mean girls. And so I kind of I turned it off because I was like, it kind of made me mad. But I still have it. I need to I need to finish it. But yeah, that's got like uh, the I've Hills vibe with, you things. know, the music and the, the, the editing and stuff. So. Oh, cool. You know. I definitely have to finish watching it. But the last one I watched, they were kind of being like not very nice to her. And I was like, oh, you got to push through. Like, Rochelle's yeah. just so great. She okay. is. She is. Okay. It, it, it all works out in the end. Um. Okay, good. Okay. I'm going to watch it now that you said that. I'm like, okay. As it's long safe. as it has a happy it's ending. It's safe to go back in the water. About. Okay, good. <laughs> well, this has been just delightful. I mean, really, we could talk to you all day about reality TV. Trust. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anytime you have a reality TV episode, I'm sure I've watched it. Have me back on. I would love to come back on. You guys are amazing. Um. Ditto. Ditto. And, and keep the photos coming because they really, we just delight in looking yes. at your girls oh, and doing Justin. Thank you. Thank you. They're a lot of fun. So I will keep the pictures coming. I will overload my Instagram as always. Count us in. All right. Well, have a great day and a great summer, and we hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Melissa Ordway for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.